The views and opinions expressed by our show hosts do not necessarily reflect that of Sports Radio Detroit or its sponsors. This is a homage beat. Call me the Bry Man. I'm the stylish one of the group. Look who drove by. Brand. Brian, will you do the honors? Sure. Detroit. My name is Brian Pearson alongside Eric Guzman and we're still waiting on Jeremy Bryant. He's probably stuck in uh, this horrible weather traffic. Where is my Jeremy? I don't know, but uh, hopefully he's here soon. I'm sure he will be. Oh yeah. Right now, for those of us who don't live in Michigan right now and maybe live somewhere a little bit sunnier, Michigan's actually, at least in the Detroit metropolitan area, we're expecting to get anywhere between two and I think I heard like seven inches. Yeah, something like that. It's and crazy. Got to drive careful out there. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Jeremy, we got a spot here. Your mic here is here waiting for you. We just miss you. Hopefully, you get here soon so we can uh, have our vibe back, man. But uh, if not, hopefully, you're getting to listen right now on the way up here. I'm sure he is. Hopefully. So, look, I want to address what. Jeremy Stover said on his Mitten Sports Talk show last week, I believe it was. Okay. He called me out, said Harbaugh's not elite, took clips from this show, put it on his show. And I must say, I, I, I was quite impressed to take audio from my show, put it on his show, and adjust the points. And he, he made some good points in there. Yeah. But Which is the, stuff I've tried to counter with you before, too. But it's okay. No, uh, and I give him credit for that. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's that's the that's the whole thing. And uh, as hear, Jeremy walks in the door, say, right I hear now, a door. Jeremy Bryant, not Jeremy Stover. We're yeah, no, no, no. Too many Jeremys in this network. Too uh, many Jays going on. Hey, what's up, buddy? What is going on? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awake. I'm here. Good. You're, Glad you're alive. You made it here well. alive. Alive and well. Yeah. So we were just discussing what Stover said on his uh, Mitten Sports Talk show last week. Oh, yeah, throwing some um, shots at you. Thank you guys for notifying me in the Twitter group chat. Of course. And I immediately listened to the podcast right afterwards, and uh, you know, he was just barreling me from the very start. I told Eric, James, I said, I give him credit. He took audio from this show, put it on his show, and – made a strong case for why Harbaugh is an elite. But you look at the grand scheme of his coaching tenure, you just pretty much have to put him in that elite category. He may not be elite right now, but you look at just his overall tenure as a football coach, he's done it at all levels, college and pro. And not only that, it's like every team he's with, he – just uh you know rejuvenates the whole the whole program doesn't matter if it's in San Francisco when you had a train wreck with uh Mike Singletary he's benching guys like Vernon Davis like Vernon Davis is gonna he might just be a hall of famer for a tight end it's debatable but he's definitely up there in uh you know top tight end category at least a a solid tight end and those two were going at it. Jim Harbaugh comes to town, and then you're immediately going to uh, conference championships, like right out the gate. And he's able to build team chemistry and get along with guys like Vernon Davis, who's not known for having any kind of like, say, Terrell Owens attitude, like not even close, not even comparable. But yet, Mike Singletary and Vernon Davis are going at it, so he decided to bench the guy. Remember like it was yesterday. I just remember that that whole 
franchise was a train wreck until Harbaugh got there. And it's just like with with, with all the teams he, he he's been with, he he starts winning immediately. Stanford probably got off to a little bit of a slow start. And he's going to BCS bowl games like every year he was at Stanford. I don't really care about his record. All I know is that he, he was going to uh, BCS bowl games pretty much every year at the helm. And he was at San Diego before that, rebuilt that program as well. Not many know about it just because San Diego's kind of a, you know, a lower D1 school. I sure as heck didn't know about it, so thank yeah, you for that. I didn't know about that either. So, <laughs> And, again, Jeremy Stover made some good points. Harbaugh has uh, a lot of improving to do in, in certain aspects, like the play calling. You got to be able to expand your playbook uh, against big-time teams like Ohio State. He beat Michigan State twice, which is nice. Probably should have beat him three times. And and this was in his first year at Michigan. And State was a pretty dang good team back in 2015. It was just, uh, you know, famous trouble with the snap. Michigan should have won the game. But <laughs> they, they didn't. They came out with an out. It happens. Well, first off, Brian, I commend you for actually taking this in the way how – actually – I wasn't expecting you to take it as calmly as as you are right now. I was actually ex- anticipating oh, well, much. I was no, more no, no. or less anticipating much of a harder clapback than. And I don't blame I, you. I think so too. I, I respect I Jeremy that. Stover's points, though. He made some good points in there. So if Jeremy Stover from Men Sports Talk is here with you, and you guys are having the great debate of is is Jim Harbaugh elite or not, give me three th- points as to why you truly, truly believe Jim Harbaugh is elite. Because he's rebuilt every program he's been with. And not only that, he went to a, a Super Bowl with a team like the 49ers. wasn't with the Patriots. wasn't with the Eagles. wasn't with a contending NFL team. It was with the San Francisco 49ers, who haven't been as relevant since uh, maybe the, the Steve Young, Jerry Rice days. But it's just the fact that he immediately wins when he goes to a program. And no, he's not winning the big games. I understand that. The play calling needs improvement. But you just look at how he's done it at all levels. So the fact that he rebuilds all the franchises he's with, he wins right away, and he can do it at all levels, college and pro. You look at coaches like Nick Saban. He's got five national titles, so you have to call him elite. But he hasn't gotten it done at the NFL level. Harbaugh has with pretty much crappy teams. You look at where this Michigan program was before Harbaugh got here, and I feel like I've reminded listeners and you know maybe people across the network who listen about the state of this Michigan football program back in, uh, I think it was 2008. Mentioned it last week, giving up 50, 60 points to teams like Illinois and Indiana. And then you finally get a halfway respectable coach and uh or at least you know decent respectable coach and uh Brady Hoke way better than Rich Rod Rich Rod was just probably the worst hire I've ever seen in maybe college football history just given the circumstance because he ran a spread offense his whole career as a coach and then he comes to Michigan and tries to implant that system in Michigan not gonna work because you look at the tradition of this program. It's a ground and pound, run the ball up the gut type program. But you look at the Lloyd Carr era days, um, he took shots down the field when needed. And thankfully, Jim Harbaugh did that in the state game this past year. But it's just like in other big games like Ohio State this past year, you got to take shots down the field. You got to expand your playbook you got to take chances. You can't just run the ball up the gut against teams like Ohio State. And in the Florida game, we will address that because Stover uh, really went hard on, on this past bowl game. Michigan fans should be frustrated. The Ohio State game was embarrassing. The Florida game was embarrassing. But you have to factor in why things happen. Michigan had three key starters sitting out. I understand Florida kicked our butt. I get it. 
It was embarrassing. It shouldn't have happened. But you look at the Florida players celebrating. They weren't just celebrating. They were cranking their imaginary motorcycles like they're a young jock right in front of Dan Mullen as he's getting ready to shake Jim Harbaugh's hand. And you think about the personality of Jim Harbaugh and how he carries himself. You really think he's going to reach his arm around the arrogant Florida players to shake Dan Mullen's hand? I don't think so. But let me chime in on that real quickly, too. I actually chime in on a couple different things. We'll do the Florida thing right now just because that's the most recent topic right here. If it was Michigan winning and Michigan players were doing that, would you have an issue with that? Yeah. Okay. I just want to I just want to make that clear. I just want to make that part clear. <laughs> no, thanks for bringing that up. I don't have a problem with celebrating, but it's just the way Florida did it. And you look at the history of this matchup, again, brought this up last week. Michigan has pretty much destroyed Florida, however some odd years. You have to factor that in. And if you're Florida, yes, you won a, a BCS bowl game. Congrats. I mean, do people really care about bowl games unless it's a playoff? Maybe some teams do. Maybe a lot of teams do. Back in the day, they probably did. Nowadays, yeah. no. The system's yeah. different now. And that's why you have guys sitting out if it's not in the playoff. Guys from Michigan want to save themselves for the draft. Would it be a different game if those guys played? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because guys would have came to play. It just adds more firepower. So am I really going to get upset about a bowl loss to Florida when we've just pretty much destroyed them for the past 20 years? And you had guys like Devin Bush, Rashawn Gary, and Kron Higdon all sitting out. Not going to go nuts uh, about it. Michigan fans might, just given the nature of this whole fan base, because they live in the present. And they don't look at the big picture. 2008 was a travesty. All the way from 2008 to pretty much 20, what was it, 2014, when Brady Hoke got fired, it just wasn't the same Michigan football program. Jim Harbaugh comes in, he starts winning immediately. Because that's what uh, Michigan's known for doing is winning nine, ten games a year. And we've been on the cups of the playoff twice now in Jim Harbaugh's four years. Gets it done at all levels. But Harbaugh's not elite. I just, uh, I don't agree. And the, let me let me kind of see, and not to, you know, speak for Jeremy uh, Stover, but just to kind of maybe possibly get into the mind, the little mindset, not the little mindset, I'm sorry, the mindset <laughs> of... Sorry, I'm thinking thinking his, out loud here. His thought process. Right, exactly, and the thought process, yeah. too. Brian, you brought up something as well, too, stating that, you know, Harbaugh's not winning the big games. Great coach, turns programs around, awesome, but he's not winning the big games. If I'm in Jeremy Stover's position, and heck, even in my own position, which is one of the things that I've talked about, that's beneficial to you being a leader now. Like that, I'm I'm glad Harbaugh has been able to, I'm glad he's been able to revamp all the programs. I really, really am. But if I'm trying to rank you as far as like an elite coaching thing, like how last week we talked about us talked about Dabo Sweeney, is he going to be one of the greatest? If, right now, should he be considered amongst one of the greats? No. I, I mean, yes, and to a certain degree, yes, he should be. But again, he's beating an elite coach. But it's the same elite coach. Here with Harbaugh, he's had an opportunity to go beat rivals. You know, Urban Meyer, any other of the guy. You know, any of those things where he's had opportunities, even in his football. You know, in the pro pro days, didn't win the Super Bowl. Not with the Forty ers Got that team there a couple different times, but couldn't win the big game. And it's the same thing with the college football experience here with Michigan. All the big games. All the big games. Now, like we talked about before, the Notre Dame thing, it's not necessarily a big game. It looked like a good loss, but it's still it's still a rival, technically speaking, because you're trying to get into the playoffs. And then you go on this tear, try, beating up all your opponents, and then when it's do or die, choke artistry. Oh, so, I get it. So, that, so that's why in, in, my, in my seat looking at it as well, I do like Jim Harbaugh. I really do. And that's why I've always asked the question, will Jim Harbaugh ever be on the hot seat? Because I'm not ready to solidify saying that he's – I don't even know if I can put him in like a – like at least – he's at least for nowadays 
I don't know. Can we put him in top five? Can we put him in top ten? I just look at him as an overall top coach. 10. Top ten. At least got to put him in top ten. Yeah. And Maybe I would. Not top five, I wouldn't just you know put it like he hasn't won a Super Bowl. I would look at it like at least this is how I look at it. I mean, the 49ers sucked before he got there, and they weren't known it's for making true. playoff runs before Jim Harbaugh got there. And he goes to, and it's easier said than done to be a, a notorious college football coach and then go to the pros and get it done. Not a lot can do it. Maybe Pete Carroll. Nick Saban went from, uh, I think it was LSU, to Miami Dolphins. Couldn't do a thing in Miami. But he goes back to Bama. He struggles his first season, which is understandable. And then it's, he's built a powerhouse ever since then. True. So I just look at him as an overall coach. And I don't, uh, I'm not going to jump to the conclusion that he hasn't won a Super Bowl. I'm going to respect the fact that he's been to, I think it was like three straight conference oh, no, titles. By all means. like put, San Francisco. Put respect on Jim, Har- on Jim Harbaugh's name, by all means. I'm just saying as far as like taking that opposite side of him, of you saying he's elite, I'm playing counteractive role on that. It's kind of going with why Jeremy would have thought that. No, I see what you're yeah. saying. But, so. uh, no, I mean, look. Jeremy Stover made some good points. I agree with a lot of them. It's just the uh, um, it's just the big picture, because again, I agree with a lot of the stuff he said. Harbaugh needs to uh, change his play calling. He needs to win big games, but he's still an elite coach. And I wouldn't compare him to guys like James Franklin, who hasn't even sniffed an NFL team. You got to respect him because he's a good college coach, but he's not up there in the elite coach category. To compare him to James James Franklin and say, oh, he's a good coach. He's not elite. Jim Harbaugh is not in that category. He's an elite coach because he gets it done on all levels. And you just look at, you know, just the body of work over his coaching career. Again, he wasn't going to a team like the Patriots who's in the Super Bowl every year. And I hope it's a different story this year because I'm just sick and tired of seeing them in the Super Bowl. We need something different. Actually, I want to get into that a little <laughs> a little later on. I don't know if we're already into that. I know Jeremy had his, had a topic he want to talk about as far as Clemson. Um, but before we move on, Jeremy, you've been kind of quiet on this whole thing. What's your take? Is is Jeremy Stover right? Is Brian right? Is it a little bit of both? What's what's your what's your intake process on it? I honestly think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I heard Jeremy Stover's comments, and then I hear what Brian's saying as well too. But as far as it go for Jim Harbaugh being elite, it's kind of 50-50. I mean, the namesake alone can bring new recruits to U of M, which they are doing right now. He has a good way of improving a team, but improving a team and getting them to where they need to be. But everything else is on the team to do, which doesn't really pan out well for him. We've seen that in the Super Bowl. We've seen that in these bowl games. And, I mean, Harbaugh just needs to improve his coaching overall. That's, yeah, overall. He just needs to get over the hump. That's the main thing. We all know he can do it because, guys, he, not the Patriots, not the Eagles, not even uh, the Rams who weren't even good, that good back then. It's just like you look at the teams he went to. And what he did with those teams at all levels. And I agree, again, with Stover's points. Michigan fans aren't happy right now because he doesn't win big games. I understand that. It's not year 10, it's year 5. It's going to be year 5 in the Harbaugh era. So this may be asking a lot uh, from Michigan fans, but... I'm going to hold my breath. I'll just be patient. (laughs) I'll just be patient. Because the guy came into this program, was winning immediately. No, he's not going to the national title every year. This ain't Alabama. But he's winning nine, ten games a year regardless. Eight games with the joke of a quarterback. You got Michigan State and Ohio State at home next year. You got guys coming back like Khalid Hudson and Shea Patterson. And you had, uh, I believe it was a five-star cornerback commit who committed to your school then decommitted to a school like Alabama. But wait, no, he flipped back to Michigan after that. 
that says something. It means you're a dang good recruiter. And it means you hold weight for big-time high school athletes. So you look at the recruiting tactics. The sleepovers? The sleeping yeah. bag in the car? does whatever it takes. People want to act like Michigan football is some travesty right now. We're still getting five-star recruits like Daxon Hill. You got guys like Kalik Hudson, Shea Patterson coming back next year. Probably because they know they got uh, big-time home games next year. Like, this past year was a pretty tough schedule. Playing under the lights at Notre Dame, first game of the year. Yes, you have some bad losses in there. The Florida loss was embarrassing. The Ohio State loss was embarrassing. Ohio State's pretty dang good. I'm not all that sold on Florida. But you also had starters sitting out, and you could argue the fact that a guy like Rashawn Gary, who's been a beast his whole career at Michigan, just mailed it in for the draft in the Ohio State game. That plays a factor. So I'm not all that worried about this Michigan football program. I'm just not. Because you're continuing to bring in big-time recruits. You're still winning nine, ten games a year, and fans just want to rip their own head off because of it because we're not going to a national title every year. Get real. It's coming. As long as Harbaugh's here, he's going to keep on bringing in big-time recruits. Michigan fans act like this is the worst state the program's ever been in. Nah, we've seen worse. Yeah, there's been worse. <laughs> we've seen way worse than that. It's this just is an like improvement. Fans want to rip his head off. For what, man? Again, I, I've mentioned it on the road show. I've mentioned it on this show. Harbaugh is a golden hire for Michigan. You're going to keep on recycling coaches? It just doesn't work. You're going to go through the same BS that you went through in 2008, losing to teams like Toledo and just having horrible defensive coordinators and a guy like Greg Robinson who got canned from a school like Syracuse. They're not a football school. Maybe now they've gotten better. No, they were but back then they weren't. So it's just like you, you got to uh, – you know, just, again, look at the big picture. Can Michigan fans please do that? Is it, is it that hard? Because I know you guys watch the games on every given Saturday. I know you know what's going on with the program. You bleed maize and blue, but yet you want to rip guys like Jim Harbaugh's head off because he's not going to a national title every year, and it's only year five in, in his tenure. Lloyd Carr was at Michigan for how many years? Like 13? He's got one national title out of that. Granted, he was an interim coach at the time. He ran, the a, title. he ran a pretty Very dang true. good program at Michigan. But yet, there was also times where fans wanted to rip his head off, too. And it just made no sense. Like, after wins at uh, Michigan State on the road. Me and Jeremy talked about it a couple months ago where fans wanted to rip his head off for, you know, a questionable field goal call. Still made the field goal, still won the game. Fans still calling for his job. It's ridiculous. Can't win for losing. <laughs> and yet people want to say, oh, it's in every fan base. You know, fans act like that. Now, Michigan fans are just different because you got the best hire probably in college football, just given the circumstances. And given the uh, history of Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, grew up in Ann Arbor, played for Michigan, built his coaching tenure up in all levels. Now he's back home at Michigan, winning nine, ten games a year, and fans still aren't happy. What do you know? I'm not surprised. So that's going to wrap it up for my Michigan football rant. <laughs> we'll see if uh, Jeremy Silver fires back. I don't know. He, he might. He may not. It might be a rebuttal. Yeah. But, again, as I said, I respect Jeremy's opinion. He made some good points. I just think you still have to put Jim Harbaugh in that elite coach category. Jeremy, you said since we're still on the topic of um, college football, you had some story about Clemson and the White House. Oh, yeah. So uh, our national champion, the Clemson Tigers, they visited the White House in the city of D.C., for their uh, win, celebrating okay. with Donald Trump. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the dinner wasn't as expected. What happened? From what Trump said, he wanted to get American-made food for the team to celebrate. So he went out, spent his own money, and bought 
a ton of fast food to just display out on the table for all the players to eat. Is there even such thing as authentic American food? I have no idea. So when did he have <laughs> the fast food delivered to the White House? Because I can't just see Trump going through a drive-thru. And yeah, no, no. He getting a gave thousand bucks for the fast food. A thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Actually, I have the total, too. <laughs> but, oh, jeez. Uh, $2,911.44 he spent on this meal. That What he's... are you buying? <laughs> I have a Chick-fil-A? list of that, too. Trust me. Uh, he went to a couple places, actually. He, went, he got pizza. He went to Wendy's. went to McDonald's. Where else he going? Oh, he also went to Burger King too. That's just weird. It's I, just it, it just is. I want to say something, but I know people are listening. I can't say what I want to say. I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> I it's mean, like you can't do better for a national championship team dinner. Who thinks to themselves, you know what? I got this football team coming, these national champions, and I'm going to feed them fast food. Who does that? Well, he said that he got in late, and also it's because of our government shutdown that, that he, there, there was no cooks available I'm, in I'm, the White House to prepare a exquisite meal I'm for the team. Into, I'm not getting into the political realm with this. I'm not. That's <laughs> you got to do better than fast. That's food, such though, a cop out excuse. Like you can't go to like a, a steakhouse and get takeout, like get a bunch of steaks and potatoes you know, for the guys or something. Something. Giving a football player team nothing but fast food is like a slap in the face. Like, great job, you won. Here's your here's your reward, and it's like nothing. But the crazy thing about it is none of the Clemson players said anything yeah. bad about it. Like they're they were the, just so like, White oh House. my god. Do you, do you really think they're gonna say something bad in the White House? I'm gonna say something to somebody. Like my teammates, I'm like, are we seriously getting McDonald's? I'm you're staying on campus for this. Your teammates, yes. You talk, you whisper on your team, like, bro, this is trash. Why are we eating this? No, that's completely understandable. But if Donald, if, if the president is gonna, how's the food? And are you really gonna say that I have had better? I mean, it was a fish fillet. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm just <laughs> impressed that uh, it seemed like the whole team went to the White House. There's guys that, you know, like. Uh, Golden State Warriors, and even, uh, I don't know if it was Philadelphia Eagles or The not. Eagles didn't go. Oh, yeah, some Eagle so you got yeah, guys know. and teams that won't even go to the White House because of Trump. And I'm with you, Jeremy. I didn't hear uh, any backlash from the Clemson players on the whole trip to the White House. I was surprised that, you know, sound like the whole team went. And I was, again, shocked that, uh, you know, I didn't hear any backlash from Clemson players on the meal that Trump presented. I mean, it's it's laughable. I don't know. I think Trump just does it just to get under people's skin. I hate people. Or just it, to it, draw a reaction. It is laughable. And honestly, if I'm a broke college student, then, yeah, I'm going to be like, you know what? This spread is amazing, President Trump. I like this. I got the, you got the Whoppers. You got the chicken nuggets. And the ice cream machine is working, too? Stop oh, it. man, you're the real MVP Stop right it. there. But honestly, if I'm a champion, <laughs> I'm like, I want what, a champion what is meal. this? What I is want this? a championship yeah. meal if I'm a champion. Those guys probably fast food more than you think. Just oh, yeah. because they're always on the run. And no, they don't eat it all the time because they're on a strict athletes, diet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got to eat healthy. You might have one cheat day or one yeah. cheat meal. I seen a picture of one of the offensive linemen. They were stacking like Big Macs, three Big Macs, and then just going around the table getting other stuff. Jesus. Man. I'm sure they thought it was funny. I, at least I thought it was funny. And Trump's all on Twitter, like, saying only... he paid and stuff. Like, of course you paid. I would hope you'd pay. Because you're the president of the United States having the national title winners over Am I the only one out. who finds this offensive? But he's a billionaire. Like, all you could pay was, like, three grand. Like, a little less than three grand to go and just splurge right. on food. Am I the only one who finds this offensive? No, it's really offensive. I would say I'm... Yeah, it's really I'm... offensive. <laughs> Excuse my language here, you know, but I'm I'm really pissed off for the Clemson players, you know, like that. I don't blame to you. me. That's that's a complete disrespect thing. Like you think of all the other championship teams that have gone, those few that have gone, you know, they get all these, you know, oh, here's a steak dinner, here's this, you know, something you would find at a five plus star restaurant, you know, but these guys are football players, and it's a eh, government's apparently shut down. Let's just get you some. Let's just get you some burgers. Let's go down the street. Get you some whoppers. Seriously, and some Big Macs. I just. I think he was trying to draw a reaction from. It worked. All of yeah. social media and just all the United States. It worked. Oh, it definitely worked because afterwards, uh, people like Aisha Curry, Steph Curry's wife, 
uh, Michael Strahan, even the Migos reached out to Clemson and said, hey, we will treat you guys to a real meal. All you have to do is accept. Yeah. So, I accept on their behalf. <laughs> and I give credit to the Clemson players because, uh, as we mentioned, me both, or uh, me and Jeremy both, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I expected more um, of an outbreak just of like, you know, Clemson players going on Twitter like, can't believe we got fast food at the White House. This is horrible. I could get fast food on any given night. I mean, uh, I expected at least something like that. And to add to it, too, to go to the White House and be dressed up as much as they were, like suit and tie all the way to the nines, like to get served fast food, that's irritating. Like, I could have stayed in sweatpants if you were going to feed me this. Right. I could at least came in some jeans. Jesus. Yeah, so, I mean, I expect nothing less from President Trump. And it's just, like, the reason why I'm surprised nobody uh, caused an outlash about it was uh, just because, like, all this other stuff that people get mad at Trump for, like, step in the wrong direction, people get mad. And granted, it's politics. We're not going to get into it. But, again, as we mentioned at the beginning of this show, when this show first started, like back in April, try to stay away from politics, but when it's there, we address it. And sports and politics have um, intervened, you know, especially recently. And we got a president who, at least me, I I wasn't expected to uh, be in office right now. But it's just a state of, uh, you know, this country. Some people think it's great. Others hate it. Just got to put up with it. Not saying it's okay for, you know, uh, all the stuff that Trump's doing. See, he handles himself. Like you know, a kid. Yeah, pretty much. I'll Basically. say it. I'll say it. I ain't scared to say it. Yeah, well, he, he uses his power to his advantage. He knows he's a billionaire. Now he's the president of the United States, and uh, he's pretty much just doing his own thing. And a lot of people hate it, but there's also – a lot of people that love it. And, again, this is a democracy. People vote in the president. People um, vote in for, uh, you know, the candidates. And we were given two candidates in Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And Donald Trump ended up taking the helm. It is what it is. You don't, I'm just going to finish on this. Go ahead. Um, you know, if you don't want Trump in office next year, then people act like he's going to be the president forever. Might not be. Probably won't be. So, you know, I wouldn't, like, act like it's the end of the world. And I understand there's a lot of upset people out there. And I don't blame them because Trump does a lot of off-the-wall stuff. But I wouldn't act like it's the end of the world because I seriously don't think this guy's going to be the president forever. So that's just my thing. Again, I'm not politics savvy, maybe as you can tell, but I'm starting to read up on it more and more. Because you just have to nowadays. It's like, uh, you know, it has to be like a necessity to keep up on politics, at least in today's age. With uh, you know the given people we have in office, go ahead, Eric. All I was going to say was I just want to know if we can start holding presidents like shopping items and have a receipt and return them <laughs> within like anywhere between thirty days, thirty to ninety days. Yeah, I'd be okay because in that case, I would definitely would have cashed in my receipt on this one a long time ago. <laughs> I think we all would have. So, uh, but real quickly, guys, before we get into Jeremy's questions, uh, we do have our. Football, our NFL football division championship games. What is it? One tonight and one tomorrow? Or are they both tomorrow? They are so. both on Sunday. Both on oh. Sunday. Okay. I kind of oh. figured be, that way it was an even playing field for the Super Bowl. Yeah, that makes sense because they're down to four teams. and yep. have That'll both go to the White House Sunday. and split a hot and ready. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first, first game we have up, guys, is we have the Kansas City Chiefs against the New England Patriots. 
And then we also have the, and that was for the, it's for the AFC and for the NFC, we have the LA Rams and the Saints. And uh, we're not going to necessarily do picks, but I kind of want to get into this real quickly. I was listening to um, some sports talk radio yesterday on um, locally here, and a lot of people that called in on the show were really, really saying how they don't want to see the Patriots anymore. The Patriots are done. Patriots need to just stop going. So it got me to start thinking. With the relevancy of the Super Bowl, especially how it is, does one rely on the other? And what I mean by that is, do the Patriots rely on their credibility by getting to the Super Bowl? Or is the Super Bowl more credible when the Patriots are in it? Now hear me out. When you think of all the Super Bowl teams, you know, all the Super Bowl games, right? Yeah, you have some of your classic ones from way back in the day. But when you think of most recent history... And seeing how the ratings in Super Bowl have spiked up every year, Patriots have kind of been involved behind that. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't take away from what they've done, but at the same point in time, too, I guess my question is: if we don't have a Super Bowl this year, with the with the super, if we have a Super Bowl without the Patriots, do you think it'll be as successful? So let's start off with: does one. Which one relies on which? Does the, do the Patriots rely on the Super Bowl, or does the Super Bowl rely on the Patriots? Uh, I'll start with Brian. Uh, that's kind of a tough question. I just think for football in general, uh, I just think fans want to see something different. Like, at least me, I'm tired of seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl every year. Facts. But it's like you do have the greatest quarterback of all time participating in that Super Bowl every year and Tom Brady. So that could benefit just to the Super Bowl in general. Uh, do the Patriots need the Super Bowl? I don't really think so. I just, But here's the thing. I, I think they expect to be in the Super Bowl every year. So it may not be anything to them. Like Bill Belichick still has the same kind of attitude all season long with reporters. Tom Brady handles himself, you know, pretty well, I think, with the media. Um, you know, he's he's just kind of – he's just normal with, with reporters. Doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't get upset with them. Well, he does when there's a ridiculous question asked, like uh, when somebody asks about Julian Edelman and his PED suspension. Like, you just don't ask that. Yeah, but for the most part, he's kind of boring. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. I mean, it's always fun to see guys like uh, Terrell Owens, you know, with reporters and guys like uh, Ocho Cinco. Those guys were a riot back in the day. But, you know, again, Eric, that's kind of a tough question just because I don't think it's good for football that the Patriots are in the Super Bowl every year. But then again, you got... Tom Brady at the helm, and Bill Belichick, who is an outstanding football coach. So, I don't know. That's that's tough, because I personally want to see different teams. I want to see a Chiefs and Rams Super Bowl. That's what I want to see. I'd love Ooh, to see that. Yeah, Jeremy, your response to the question. I honestly think the Patriots need the Super Bowl. Like they need it for themselves to be in it. Because, as Brian was saying, I mean, Tom Brady, he looks at these games as just their regular games. Mm-hmm. So is Bill Belichick. I mean, if you've seen, uh, I don't know if you guys seen the hype video for Tom Brady that dropped this week. I didn't. Yeah. It's, uh, it's him basically going to the reporters and saying, you know, have to be practicing on a Monday, you know, got to get ready for a Sunday. Let's go. And then 50 Cent's Mini Men drops in the back. Of course. And we're like... Does Tom Brady really even know who 50 Cent is? He he looks at these games like they're just another game. They don't really care if they make it to the Super Bowl. Oh, all right, we're, guess we're in it again, you know. There's no excitement around it anymore. Honestly, I think fans would be a lot more happy with the Rams versus the Saints. Or at least Drew Brees, you know, in there. Some, something different. You can't keep doing this Tom Brady thing over and over again. Right. Yeah, it's, getting, it's just boring. Yeah, it's getting boring. But like you said, Jeremy, I, I think – uh, now that you gave your case, I'm almost in this. I'm well, 
let's just say I, I'm definitely in the same boat as you, Jeremy. The Patriots need the Super Bowl more just because they're used to going to it every year. And when guys like Tom Brady retires, um, you know, you're going to have to uh, fill that need. And they might not be as good. Depends on how they do in the draft. I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. But last time Tom Brady went down, who's that? Do they have a backup quarterback? I don't know. I don't think so. Because they traded away uh, Garoppolo to San Francisco. But it's just like when they do have backup quarterbacks, they dwell. Like uh, Matt Castle the one year when Tom Brady went down, I think it was like first, second game of the year. Hurt his knee, was out for the season. Matt Castle came in and dominated pretty much. That's how he made himself an NFL career. So I, I agree, Jeremy. I think Patriots need the Super Bowl more. Well, I mean, if you look at this as well, the Super Bowl from last year when they lost to the Eagles, Tom Brady two days later was what, on a beach with his wife? Not even caring that they lost. Yeah, yeah they're just used to it. And Bill Belichick's going to have the same demeanor. Tom Brady's going to have the same demeanor. Because those guys are just used to winning. It's nothing to them. E, what's your take on all this? I know you posed the question. I'm kind. Of, I'm in the same boat. I think that the Patriots rely way more on the Super Bowl to kind of keep their credibility uh, keep their credibility around. Like, yeah, they're, we all know they're a great team, but it's because they've won those championships that they are a great team. If you are in a situation where you make it to the playoffs, you know, but don't win the big game, are you that? Are you that well-rounded of a team? And mm-hmm. I think, like you guys said, you know, Tom Brady in general just kind of expects to go. So it's like he's there on that basis, like, oh yeah, we we got to get here. Like we're gonna we're gonna get here. No second thoughts about it as to where now we're in the we're in the phase because we've seen the Patriots go so many times. I think the Super Bowl can start to venture outside of Tom Brady and and start bringing in new faces. Yeah. You know, like I, I would like. Don't get me wrong. I think it would be entertaining. I really hope this isn't the case. Knock on wood. But I really, I think it would be a good game if you did have Drew Brees against Tom Brady. Oh, for sure. Oh, I think, I think that's, legends. I think that's the only case where you get that to be a very solid game, a very solid football game with the Patriots in it. Outside of that, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to see Tom Brady anymore. <laughs> yeah, good. I just, I, I think you have to, uh, you know. Think of it from a fan's point of view. Like, I just think we all are tired of seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And you might get a, a different draw and a different outcome if you have different teams every year. You know, it doesn't just happen like that when you got teams like the Patriots. You got you to gotta, uh, go through. But, uh, yeah, I just think Patriots need the Super Bowl more than Super Bowl needs the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I think it's a ratings thing. I think so. Too. And I think it's a Patriots being always used to winning thing. Jeremy? What's up? Outside of mine, do we have any questions for today? Oh, I got a question for My you. My man. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, all right. So this week, I don't know if you guys seen or not, but uh, Netflix is raising their. Subscription prices. Again? What? Yeah. They're trying to make some extra cash for their original movies that they're making, putting out. You know, uh, I thought you were going to say they're freeloaders. They're, <laughs> there's a couple of those, too. Trust me. But, yeah, they're trying to make some extra cash for their original movies that they keep putting out. You've seen how big of a hit Bird Box was. Yeah, I was going to say that has to did be you, doing Did numbers. you end up watching that? Yeah. Did you end up watching that, Brian? No, I haven't yet. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm just saying that's probably the reason why Netflix upped their prices because, like, oh, everybody's watching Bird Box. Let's uh, let's possi- jump the prices. It's up. a possibility. Yeah. Well, Bird Box and you. I don't know if you guys have seen that new series. 
Oh What's yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about it. I've heard about it. I haven't actually actually started watching you, but I have heard of it. So. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty good. I, if you have some time, give it a. Honestly, give it I a don't watch really through. have time. Like when, when I'm done with school, I'll have all the time in the world <laughs> just to like catch up on everything. I still have to watch Daredevil, the newest season. Daredevil and the Punisher just came back. Yeah, I, I gotta catch up. Jessica Jones will be back too as well. So yeah, you got a lot of Netflix and chilling to do. Did, did, didn't even didn't even get through the second season of Jessica oh Jones. <laughs> so I have a lot to catch up on. All right. Well, anyway, that got me to thinking. What has been some of the most binge worthy TV shows or movies that you could say you just run through on Netflix? I got a couple. Uh, when I first started watching Netflix, Breaking Bad. That's probably my all time favorite series. Um, Gotham, which I'm still going through. I still got to watch season five. Such a good show. And oh, season yeah. five is currently out, but I'm waiting till it comes out. And I actually wait the watch whole year. Watch the whole season, yeah. all of them at <laughs> So once. I can binge watch it. That's the way I do it. I could watch season five right now, but I choose not to. And I will say it's a, it's a tough wait to, um, you know, have to wait that long for it to come out on Netflix. That's just how it is. I hate the waiting. I really do. That's the but hardest part. But it's worth part. it, man. That's Those, those are my part. two shows. I would say Gotham and Breaking Bad are both definitely binge-worthy. I'm trying to think of some other ones. I'm not big on Netflix, but I will watch shows. I was watching Sons of Anarchy for a little bit. Never got into that show. It just it, it got too much at one point through like it was like midway through season four. It's very just too com- much going on. It's very confusing too, especially if you're not like fully paying attention because like there's things from like. Oh, season yeah, no. three I, that relate to I'll dr- I'll drift, seven, so I'll drift off. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, <laughs> I'll drift off. Yeah, and it got off to a slow start too, which uh, you know it, it made sense, you know, towards the middle. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say uh, Breaking Bad and Gotham are two binge worthy shows, and maybe there's more that I still got to find out about because Netflix is coming out with more and more stuff, and it's getting better. Honestly, their movies used to be a joke. And now they're getting tons better with that. So, uh, you know, I might have to make more use of my Netflix account and take advantage. Yeah, my <laughs> homeboys take more take advantage of my Netflix account more than I do. So there's that. Jeez. I, I'm not, I'm not going to call it any names, you freeloaders, but Ooh. I got you. Ooh. It's because you're that good of a guy, Eric. I, I am. That and because I work for T-Mobile. T-Mobile covers Netflix. Oh, so nice. I'm, oh, not, nice. I'm not tripping too much about it. Oh, I'm so not, you got the hookup. All I'm, right. I'm, not, pay, I'm not paying for it, so I'm, I can't really complain. Back when I was <laughs> complaining, I was like, I should just kick everybody off. But it's all right. Uh, for my for my two, I don't know about two shows, but um, the Marvel series, like I was talking about, the only shows I couldn't get into, I tried, I didn't get on the bandwagon for the Marvel shows, was uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage. I couldn't. I couldn't jump on the bandwagon. But I just, couldn't either for Luke Cage. But for some uh, reason. Jessica Jones was cool, long, dragged out. Yes, super dragged out. But it's it's a very good quality show. Daredevil, yeah that that first season had me hooked, and then Punishers is just amazing. So those those are my three as far as the Marvel series. And then, man, if you, if you haven't watched it, if you if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend that you do. My kids will be traumatized when I have kids and they get older because the thing I'm going to teach them when it, tem- when it comes time to the evolution of, of their of themselves, I'm binge-watching every single episode of them of Big Mouth. Oh. <laughs> Big Mouth is by far the best show on Netflix. I, I don't care about what, that show. I that don't cool? care what anybody says. That show is great. If you haven't watched it, I highly, highly recommend. They're on season two, working on season three. Watch it. I guarantee you, they're only half hour shows, so I guarantee you, within two hours, you're four shows deep. You'll you'll be in tears. The show is very intense. Very, yeah. That's why I couldn't go into too much detail about it. But it's a very intense show. <laughs> but it it makes going through that phase of life totally more understandable and hilarious. That's very good. I'll have to check it out. Dude, la- yeah. I laughs. That's all I can. I can promise you, it's nothing but laughs. Yeah, you definitely gotta check it out, Brian. <laughs> For sure. I'm not huge on comedy. I'm getting more into it. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely put it on my list. Yeah. For mine, there's a couple on there for me. Especially, I'm not a huge fan of The Office, but I will watch uh, 
another one from NBC, Parks and Recs. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I yeah. like never. One. I'm not on these bandwagons. I can't, and I don't know why. Just I don't like. I don't like stupid comedy, and I know that's what a lot of them is. A stupid it, comedy. Yeah, it's really stupid, especially with the. Uh, what Chris Pratt in there? Yeah, he's really good in that. Yeah, he he's I can't just believe, like I can't believe that's where he got to start. <laughs> yeah, that's where he got to start. But he he's actually kind of funny in there. You got to check it out. Oh, he's been least. a funny guy. Like even now in the movie season, that that comedy aspect shows. It's just when you see him like getting him getting his first big break within um, Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like film wise, and then you see how funny he is, and then you go back and like, wow, he actually was kind of funny. It's it's just funny to see. How that turned out. Especially some of the outtakes, too. Because I heard from season one was all scripted. But then all the seasons after that, they just kind of winged it on the fly. And it was just way funnier. I I believe it. I watched, I think, maybe a season or two of that. And I liked it all the way through. Um, It is definitely up there with Office. I I feel like The Office is like the goat of comedy (laughs) TV series. I don't even like The Office. I do not like The Office. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of it. It's not like I binge watch it, but I watch episodes here and there, and I like it. Meanwhile, he's at home binge watching The Office. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, so there's Parson Parson Rex for me. Uh, Another one, Orange is the New Black. They're on their final season right now. Never watched it, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. Other than up until I think what is it the season or two seasons ago, it really, really like started to drag out. From what I hear, I've never seen it, so I can't speak on it. Yeah, there there's little episodes here and there where it's like the whole season is just about one thing and it doesn't kinda expand off of that and then you gotta wait till another year just for another season. So But still, it it's worth a good look, you know. Got a lot of catching up to do. That's all of, I can say. I have a lot, lot of Netflix and chill. I, I have a lot of yeah. pop culture to catch up on, or at least yes, Netflix, net, net culture to catch up on. <laughs> Definitely. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. Pearson's Peace on SportsRadioDetroit.com and KRadioBroadcasting.com. Roadshow next. Peace.